This is Scott Becker with the Becker Private Equity and Business Podcast. Thrilled today to get to visit with Matt Wolf. Matt's a senior leader at RSM, and he talks to us regularly about trends he's watching in the private equity business. Matt, let me tee it up and ask you to take it away. Things you're watching closely today in private equity is the business environment starting to kick into another gear. What are you sort of seeing out there? Yeah, thanks, Scott. Um, definitely, you know, positive deal flow. People are anxious to do deals, as we've talked about, right? With pressures from LPs to provide liquidity, uh, more kind of opportunities, more sponsors, sort of coming to terms with the higher interest rates for longer and sort of re rewriting their playbooks a little bit to get out there. So that's that's encouraging um, to see. And, and we expect, you know, 2024 will be better than 2023, not 2021, but it'll it'll be better. And so we're, we're optimistic there. Um, you know, what we're really watching too over the next probably two quarters is, a, you know, the, the upcoming timing of Fed rate cuts. We had a really strong GDP report earlier this morning as of this recording. Um, that, you know, one of the things that really caught my eye out of that report was the increase in personal savings, right? There's a lot of narrative out there about uh, consumer credit card debt crossing a trillion dollars and delinquencies increasing. But, you know, if we look at it um, in terms of cons consumer credit card debt as a portion of consumer income, it's really not that high. It's pretty consistent with uh, history. The delinquencies are back to sort of pre-COVID levels. A certain demographics may be a little bit higher, but um, you know, we we saw that sort of take or that call reaffirmed with the GDP release report data showing that consumers actually saved more money in the fourth quarter than than most economists had estimated. And I think that speaks well for the you know the economy going forward. So, so what does that mean? Does that mean that at the end of the day, because GDP is still rising, that's going to have some inflationary impact. Does that mean the Fed will go a little bit slower in reducing rates? It's a great question. And I, I think a lot of it has to do with um, where that growth is coming from. And one of the big drivers of that GDP growth, that real surprise that we saw, came from uh, government spending, not in the form of transfer payments, but in the form of state and local governments finally accessing um, some portion of the the infrastructure and other sort of investment funds that were set aside for state and local governments as part of the COVID relief package. Um, so there was a, a large pot of money that was placed aside in the spring of 2020. And, you know, we, we always kind of knew it was going to take years and years for that money to get distributed to projects at the state and local level. Uh, we still haven't even distributed half of it as I, based on a recent report from Goldman. And that was what drove a lot of that GDP growth, certainly consumer spending as well, which is perhaps more inflationary. But to the extent that we're seeing GDP growth driven by investment, whether it's private investment, which also surprised to the upside, or government investment, that tends to be less inflationary, perhaps even disinflationary, as it also comes with productivity improvements. Isn't the government spending, because it's deficit spending, almost guaranteed to keep growth going and keep inflation going, and does that make the Fed's job so much harder? I mean, when you say that some of the growth is funded by government spending, it seems that that's not long-term necessarily sustainable. 
unless you take the same position take with credit card debt, that well, as a portion of GDP, it's not that bad. But but isn't it sort of circular because you've got government spending to grow inflation, you've got the Fed trying to fight inflation, and it sort of ties the Fed's hands, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it is it is a, a narrow path to walk. Um, I, I will say that we got to be careful in comparing um, government debt to personal debt, right? Because, you know, first of all, the federal government, the U.S. dollar being the world's reserve currency sort of gives it a, a monetary superpower that no other country has and certainly individual consumers don't have. Um, but there's also sort of very different long-term economic implications between, you know, a state borrowing money to invest in its infrastructure, whether it's, you know, roads or schools or, or whatever, compared to, you know, consumers running up credit card debt to go and travel. Um, the latter is generally much more inflationary than the former, um, because the former, those investments come with productivity boosts that have sort of a multiplier effect that, um, in theory, will sort of cancel out at least some portion of any inflationary effect. But I think your point, the theoretical point, is so, so important there. And, and when the private equity world looks at all this, I mean, we sat on a couple boards, certainly not as aggressively acquiring at the moment as they sort of look at the tea leaves and try to figure things out. Uh, good companies want very high values, um, and it's tough to price those with the cost of debt today. So we're not quite seeing the acquisition engine tune-up yet, but we do hear lots of people much more optimistic about this year than last year. Is that a fair sense of what you're hearing? Absolutely. I think everybody's sort of getting getting their houses in order, getting their playbooks ready, getting out there, meeting folks. You know, I'd say we've had um, we've had a significant influ- uh, increase in uh, sell-side diligence requests, right? That's, you know, that's not that's my anecdote, right? And you know, the great saying, the plural of anecdotes is not data, but we we have seen a large increase influx in um, companies looking to go for you know out to market, right? Whether they're PE backed or also, um, you know, again, this is anecdotal. Take it for what it's worth. Um, of companies looking to separate certain business units, right? As as these companies look at their cash position, they look at their coming debt maturity walls, right? They don't want to necessarily refinance this debt at new interest rates, right? They have, you know, 6% debt that they're going to have to refinance at, you know, 12% or something. And instead of doing that, they're looking at their portfolios and saying, well, maybe we sell this business unit, use that cash to retire some of this debt, exit that business, and just don't worry about refinancing it at this higher rate. We'll, we'll trim our operations. And we're seeing, and we're seeing some of that even in the public markets as well. So, um, I think people are are getting are positioning for what will be uh, a fairly busy, I think, spring and fall of deal making. Thank you very much. From your mouth to God's ears, uh, Matt. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> us today on on, on the uh, Becker's Private Equity Podcast. A great perspective, and thank you for joining us. Thank you, Scott.